But there are also many people out there who will never grow up and understand that there are other things in life than dying for meaningless colors. There will always be bitterness where much blood has been spilled in the name of gang affiliation. Those who are stuck will always look for ways to keep others down there with them. This guarantees they will never be lonely. The violence taught at home underlies the violence that is committed in the street. It creates an atmosphere where there is always something to prove, whether or not there is a logical reason. It may be easier for gang members to deal with the anger and hatred that lives inside by remaining in a place where there is never a lack of opportunity to express those feelings. Mainly, I ignored those feelings because I didn't understand them. When I began to recognize the anger and hatred within myself, I tried to deal with these feelings in a sane manner, but it actually took two years of incarceration, which I still think was a blessing from God, to open my eyes to what being a man really means. The complete transformation into the man I am today was not easy. The turmoil inside of me ached, but I chose to escape no longer with drugs and alcohol. What I did find was the love and understanding of a young lady, another blessing from God. Marilyn Garcia is the name I use for her in this book. Marilyn came into my life and planted seeds of respect for myself and others, education and communication, and she opened up my soul so that all the harbored pain could escape. Neither Marilyn nor I, unfortunately, ever imagined how much evil would come out of me. When all my anger and hatred came raging out, Marilyn bore the brunt of it. When it was all over, Marilyn was no longer in my life. She probably regrets the moment she ever learned of my existence. I wish I could have gotten rid of my demons in a controlled environment under professional care, but that wasn't the case. I dedicate this book to Marilyn. I hope she will read it and understand that I had no control over what happened between us. It makes me sad that I became a better person and now live a relatively happy life because I unleashed all that rage and anger upon her. I hope and pray that other people who secretly live in pain because of sexual, mental, and physical abuse get professional help before they turn around and cause the same kind of lifelong pain and suffering on someone they love, who loves them. One. Once a king, always a king. It was prophetic that, on the day I freed myself from being a menace to the Latino community in Chicago by leaving the Latin King Nation, I would walk away drenched in the blood of an innocent person. To leave the Latin King Nation, I endured a brutal three-minute beating called a violation. This alone should have made me want to get as far away as I could and not turn back, but I was unknowingly still shackled to the lifestyle and to the Latin kings. A hatred for those who called themselves king killers still burned within me. Even knowing that the main source of danger to the Latin kings was the kings themselves, the only evidence I looked at to fuel that fire was the event that had occurred just moments ago. After my violation, I was walking through the park on my way toward the bus stop. 
I didn't have to take this route, but I wanted to see how it felt to walk through the park and the Humboldt Park neighborhood with the knowledge that I was no longer a Latin king. I saw my old friend and ex-lover Loca, with her kids in tow, dealing cocaine. Also present was King Spanky, who, in a wheelchair after being shot by the Latin kings, was dealing cocaine for the nation. Spanky called out, Once a king, always a king, as I walked past. Seconds later, shots rang out. I couldn't tell which direction they were coming from or headed. The drive-by shooter hit one of Loka's two kids. I ran to him and cradled him in my arms, but he was already dead. The cops arrived and questioned me. Then I headed for the bus. I sat on the bus and stared out the window.